Praise the Lord. I asked uh, Dr. Harry a question in the break. I asked him a question, and uh, I mean, the answer is, is uh, quite observant. If you, hadn't, if, you, if you don't have enough money, how do you start with this kind of eating? And, uh, well, his answer was quite, quite wonderful. And uh, the, the way to observe it is to pay attention to what you're spending your money on rather than make a decision to say, I can't spend money on this because I don't have enough money in this way of eating. Why don't you rather analyze what you are spending your money on? Because you will probably be surprised that poor people buy fast foods because they think that's what they can afford. But fast foods is not the cheapest healthy food to eat. You could order and buy beans and lentils. That's what we were talking about. There's a lot of healthy foods that you can eat if you're poor. If you really wanted to eat healthy, there's a lot of things you could eat. Amen. So if you just say, uh, it's too expensive to eat this way, uh, I think you're making a decision based on your comfort zone rather than on what's good for you. The other thing that, that I, uh, I asked him at the break was, if there's one or two things that everybody should do immediately and start somewhere, where would you start? Uh, I kind of had a suspicion because I've been working with him for some time already. And so the one thing he would be, he said, is immediately up your water consumption. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. So if there's one thing you needed to change immediately without having to spend any money, without having to change habits, is hydrate. And I think that's an important thing. And then, of course, the other thing that... that uh, what did you say was the second thing? Have a plan? Quality food. That was it. It was quality food. And that goes to assessing what, what you're eating now and rather... Add to your diet something that is good to eat before you start making radical decisions to say, I'm cutting it out everything and I'm going to try and only eat healthy. Start adding healthy food to your diet because healthy food will make your body feel good. And so you'll start to find that the healthy food will begin to make you feel better for longer and it will start sharpening up your life. You'll begin to think clearer, and there's a whole lot of good things that will come from that if you add things. So we talked about it at the break, and uh, um, uh, we both agree that spiritually God doesn't condemn us. And neither should you feel condemned about the way you have been eating and the way that you are eating. Rather, you should make a quality choice, and if you are going to make a quality decision, make a quality decision Add water to your diet, number one. Number two, start adding quality foods to what you're eating and let your body and the Holy Spirit guide you into the rest of the changes that you need to make. Amen. Amen. So I, I uh, gave him the option to speak and he said he wanted to hear what I had to say. So thank you for that, Dr. Harry. And 
I'm grateful. I know you all want to hear him, but you're going to get me. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand that he's a resource that's not always available in the church. So I understand that. Um, but praise the Lord. I'm grateful that we have had this time today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. So... I consider it a, a great honor and a great privilege for me. I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to keep you 45 minutes or so, and uh, the rest we'll talk about in church tomorrow morning. But uh, I consider it a great honor and a privilege for me that God has uh, seen fit to give me a relationship with Brother Jerry in the way that he has. So I, I just wanted to share with you, if you can put the first slide up, please. This is just a, a slide from my first day in the USA, and I thought there's no better way than to just to show it with a good morning sunrise, right? Um, so there's a few things that I did on this, on this trip, and I'm just going to show you some pictures and tell you uh, what happened a part of my journey to the USA is God has spoken some prophetic words over our lives. And I needed to go and spend time in the, in the U.S. to allow God to speak to me about what that prophetic word is or isn't. And I, I needed to go to be in certain places so I could... I could just be there, put my feet on the ground and hear what God has to say. So the next slide is a fun slide because the first destination I went to was Florida and I found my new dream car there. <laughs> so if you want uh, to dream of a new car, here's a Rolls-Royce SUV. I, I don't know how much it costs. I haven't taken the time to see it, but when I saw it parked there, I thought, very nice. Anybody like to dispute that? This is a nice car. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to want a top-range SUV, you need a new car, but you can't steal my dream car now. Come on now. I went, I went and stayed in uh, the Homewood Suites in Florida. And this is, again, just a, just a morning sunrise. And the next, the next slide is, is part of my journey. I went and visited ministries and people that we are connected to and that we've had a long, a long association with. And uh, some of you may not know, but... We've been doing Bible school in the state of Florida, many, many um, Bible schools in the state of Florida for at least 10 years. If Pastor Lynn was here, he could probably tell me, but it's maybe 12 years or 13 years we've had Bible schools running in the state of Florida. And the facilitator, the, you, if you like, the dean of our Bible schools in the USA, in Florida, Marion Esposito. This is the church that she attends. It's, it's House of Faith. 
they got, um, this is not something I was aware of until I got there, but they were washed out. A big uh, hurricane tropical storm hit their, their church building and they had to, the insurance company paid out and so they had the opportunity to revamp the church and they were busy revamping the church when I got there. It's a small church, it's a small building, but uh, I needed to just go there and talk to the pastor, Pat and Jim, and to Marion and just share with them. So if you can just show the next two slides of what they're doing in the church building, just revamping the church there. So I did a Sunday service for them in a different venue, and we did a Bible school graduation, which we hadn't done for a number of years because I haven't been there. So we did a Bible school graduation. Uh, okay. So you can keep going. This is just their, the, the parking lot. It's, it's about, I'd say it's in Hudson, Florida, and it's probably about less than a mile from the, the main Gulf of Mexico beach this church is. So it's a small church, but they're wonderful, wonderful people. And almost all the people that are in the church have done the Bible school. Four years of Bible school, at least, almost all the people in the church. And they're still there, and they're still faithful in the church, and it's, it's quite amazing. So praise the Lord. From Florida, I went to North Carolina, and I went to go and visit. Some of you that went with me to, to the California tour would have met David and Wendy Stowe. So those, those of you who are there would know them. David... Pastor David Stowe, he runs, he has a church in, uh, in North Carolina, on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and uh, it's a heritage of faith church. Now, I've given you guys an extra slide that I think, uh, there it is. So, I, I bought this, this map when I was there. If you just see that thin line running on the outside of the map. That is the Outer Banks. So all this yellow land is not Outer Banks. The Outer Banks is the thin strip of land where the lighthouse, that orange lighthouse is. It's that thin strip of land. There's a road that runs all the way down, all the way down to the bottom where there's a ship at the bottom here. That is called Outer Banks in North Carolina. If you go back a slide, that church is on that strip of land. <laughs> go back to the, back to the slide of the, of the map. You see where the second or the third lighthouse is at the bottom there? There's like a, a bigger little gray piece of green land there. That's called Buxton, North Carolina. That's where that church is. Yeah, ne. They constantly, they've had to rebuild the church, I think, three times in the 25 years that they've been there because storms have taken or damaged their church to that extent. So they've had to rebuild the church a few times. So the next slide is David and Wendy Stowe and me. And uh, notice Harley Davidson there. And uh, the next picture is just a typical scene 
of what the Outer Banks looks like in North Carolina. How do you run a church there? With difficulty. Because people want to be on the beaches. Right? That's what the lifestyle is out there. Before I go to the next slide, I want to just say that we met, Pastor Sharon and I met Pastor David and Wendy Stowe probably 30 years ago, no, no, 25 years ago, when we started going to Jerry Savelle Ministries, they used to come and, David did anyway, used to come and fetch us at the airport and take us to JSMI and then go and take us back to the airport when we, we left. Our relationship and our, uh, our uh, fellowship with them started all the way back then. The, the enemy of God really has no capacity to give life. The enemy of God is all about stealing, killing, and destroying. And everything that we heard this morning is about how the nature of the enemy is to steal, kill, and to destroy. And so he doesn't, have to, uh, he doesn't have to do much to kill you. All he's got to do is make you have eating choices that you choose to kill yourself. So you can't blame God for that. Really, you can't blame God for that. Your choices are what are killing you. He's just giving you the choice. Why don't you make this choice? Why don't you have a soda every day or two or three sodas a day because you need something to drink because that's normal. So you don't have to do a lot to bring death to yourself. You just have to make the choices that he presents to you to have that. In any relationship, divine relationship that God brings, there's always the possibility of life and a plan of God that will unfold in the relationship. Most relationships are cut short before they reveal the intent that God has for them. So if you're, if you're in, that, in that space where God has brought a divine relationship to you, and you don't take the time to find out what God's plan is for that relationship, then that relationship cannot bear fruit. And it can't bring about the things that God intended for the relationship to bring because it's cut short before it's time. While I was away there, one of the things, some of the conversations that I was having with, with David and Wendy and I stayed in their home uh, is what is the nature of the divine relationship that God has brought for us to share and what is God's plan for for an unfolding of this divine connection that goes back a long time. It would be easy to say they live in North Carolina in the Outer Banks and what has their church got to do with our church because we're in two different spaces. But we have a common, we have a common spiritual leader. We have a common heritage in faith. 
We have a common legacy that God has obviously brought us together. So uh, there must be something that God had in mind when he allowed us to work together and be together. Like everything else, it's for us to find out what God had in mind. You know, now we are about to buy a farm. If you had said to me before when I started this journey with you all to buy the farm, to put an offer in to buy a farm, that we would have a Saturday like we've had today where Dr. Harry would come and share with us about land and about soil and about having the right kind of nutrition that would feed your body. How many of you were impacted by that this morning? How many of you would like to have the kind of food rich in nourishment and nutrients that he was talking about? How are we going to get it? How are we going to get it? You can't go and get it at Woolworths. I'm sorry to say Woolworths doesn't have that kind of food. Neither do any of the other supermarkets. So you can only go to those supermarkets or sources that, and you can buy the best that those sources can provide. But maybe God has a plan for us that if we're going to have a farm like that, that we, are, we can farm stuff for us. We have a farmer that's, that, that we can work with. And his farm happens to be across the road from that other farm. We are yet to discover everything that God has for us. But if we decided beforehand, no, why do we as a church have to go and buy a farm that's an hour's, hour and a half's drive away from here? Why do we have to go? Well, I only saw a spiritual reason for it. But obviously God's got other things in mind for that too. He's got a bigger plan. And some of that started to be revealed today. Right? And it's the same with every relationship. If you don't give time and you don't give effort to that, then you, you won't ha have the opportunity to discover what God has. So the next slide is a church that, that Pastor David is on the board of this church. It's, it's in the name of another ministry. But this church stands empty every Sunday. It has no use. It's empty. Why is there an empty church that one of our legacy relational people has a connection with? Why is there an empty church on this, on this stretch of land? What, is, what was the purpose of it? The next slide. This is in Avon Harbor in the Outer Banks in North Carolina. When you stand on the church's front door that I just showed you and you look across the road, this is the scene that you will see across the road. I mean, it's literally on the harbor. Well, I, I'm not going to speak out things that I shouldn't be saying until I've said to Pastor Sharon, there's things I've got to share with her, there's things that have got to be said, that I've got to be spiritually discerned before they're spoken. 
because you don't want to speak something that God doesn't want you to say. So you have to be careful about it. But suffice to say that Pastor David and I were across, went the, up and down the whole length of the Outer Banks. And we spent time seeking the Lord because he's had some, he's had some desires of his heart. That when he connected with our people in the California tour, he said, what is in your church, I want in my church. I want in my community. What I've seen in your people, I want in our people. I want what you've got. He said that like that to you, didn't he, Pastor Christie? In fact, he came and he spoke to me privately one day, and he came and he said to me, <clears throat> he said, John, how can I get what you've got? So I said, well, there's no quick answer to that. There is no quick answer to that. But there's a, there's a faith pressure that's being put out there now, and I'm observing things that God has spoken to us a long time ago, and they're saying, all right, Lord, I'm putting this before you now. What's the future? From North Carolina, I went to Fort Worth where I met up with Brother Jerry. And the next picture is me and Brother Jerry and Joe and uh, Eric. And we're just about to get on the plane and go to, to Canada. Don't you think Brother Jerry looks cool in his cowboy hat? Hey? Don't you think he looks cool? The first place we went to go and minister was a place called Moncton in Canada. And this river at, that was, this is a photograph taken from my hotel room. And uh, this river is called the Chocolate River. Because the tide comes in from the sea and it brings this salt with it. And up for miles up the river, it turns the river literally into a chocolate color. And uh, they call it the Chocolate River. We had, a marvelous, we had a marvelous time of ministry there. And uh, the next picture, they just had this in, in the pastor's office. And I thought it quite uh, wonderful. And so I took a picture of it. And uh, this is, this is uh, potentially the kind of nails and... Uh, type of thorns they might have put on Jesus' brow. It had quite an impression on me when I saw it on, on the table because I actually picked up one of those nails and I put the nail in my wrist here and I just pressed it hard because the, this is most likely where they would have put the nail through. They wouldn't have put it through the hand because the hand wouldn't have been able to hold up the body. So they would have put the nail through the wrist. And I just took that nail and I put it against my wrist. And I just had a moment of thinking, as a human, as a man, because Jesus was all man. You know, it's not like because he was God, he didn't feel the pain of that nail. He felt the pain of that nail every bit as much as any other man would. And yet there was a power and a strength in his spirit man that could allow him to deal with that pain 
and, and still say what the will of the Father was rather than what the, his pain was. It's quite remarkable how much strength your spirit man has. The power that your spirit man can exert over your physical man. We don't even, we have no clue how much power your spirit man has. Amen. So, I'm not going to talk too much about Canada. It was a wonderful time. Our next, our next trip that we made was to, uh, to Omaha, Nebraska, where Brother Copeland had a victory campaign. And uh, Brother Jerry had not ever been able to take a picture with his airplane next to Brother Copeland's airplane. So this is two partners and two planes. Brother Jerry is a partner with Brother Copeland all of his life. And this near plane is Brother, Cop Brother Jerry's plane. And the far plane is Brother Copeland's plane. And they were there to do the victory campaign together. And I was privileged to fly there in Brother Jerry's plane. And the next plane, the next picture. <laughs> two partners and two planes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's trying to tell us something there, Brother Jerry. I'll tell you what he was saying. Are you taking a picture already because it's cold? <laughs> it was cold. It was cold. And then finally I'm going to end with uh, uh, the Heritage of Faith Ministers Conference. And uh, I've taken these two pictures, this one and the next one to come. Just for you to get an idea, there was a lady there that was sitting in the second row. She had traveled all the way from India to come to the minister's conference. And she was there because her, her husband was sick in hospital with cancer. And she came to have Brother Jerry, believing that Brother Jerry would pray for her husband. So the way the Lord orchestrated it was Brother Jerry called her to the front. She came with those envelopes in her hand with her cell phone. When Brother Jerry called her up, she pressed phone on her phone to her husband who was sitting and lying on the hospital bed in India. And when he, she got to him, her husband answered the phone. And Brother Jerry stood in the front of the auditorium praying over her husband in India through that cell phone. God has a way of giving you what you really truly desire. He has a way of making these. How many people would travel all the way to India with no... no uh, real appointment nailed down for Brother Jerry, travel all the way, believing that Brother Jerry would do this. Getting the answer to her prayers. So then, she just, she was speaking to him on the phone. Then he ended up talking to Brother Jerry on the phone. Brother Jerry prayed with him on the phone, and then she ended up giving him an envelope 
and the envelope had money in it. She said, I come to bring a seed. And it's a seed from the pastors, all the pastors in my community who all wanted to sow a seed into your ministry. And so then she took the liberty of inviting him to India. <laughs> well, who knows what God can do. It's a great moment of faith, actually. This is a great r r reveal of faith, of somebody that was prepared to walk on the water, as it were, to get faith answered. Amen. So, the next picture. Go to the next picture. <laughs> How many of you believe that I ate all of that stuff? I did not. I can tell you I did not. But they wanted to set me up because they wanted to send this picture to Pastor Sharon. Say, look what your husband is doing. I thought, I thought based on what we were having this morning, this might be an appropriate picture. <laughs> and then the next, the next photograph is one of the speakers at the minister's conference was, was Pastor Scott Webb. And uh, I can tell you that there are moments in your life when you know just, you know that you know that God has brought something and someone into your path and in your life. And I have met Pastor Scott Webb before. I didn't have much chance to interact with him. This was the first time that I had an opportunity to interact with him. And from the moment that we sat down over lunch to talk to each other, well, Brother Jerry was there and others were there too, there was just a knowing in the spirit from both of us that God had created this. And uh, I believe you will see him in South Africa pretty soon. So he said he's coming. I've invited him. And we'll just see what the time... Brother Jerry, actually, before I said anything to Brother Jerry, Brother Jerry went to Scott and he said to him, you need to go to South Africa. You need to go to Heritage of Faith in South Africa. He, was, he sat under the ministry of Kenneth Hagen. He was personal and close friends with Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. And uh, Brother Hagen, when he was alive, would go to Scott Webb's church every year and do ministry in Scott's church. He sounds like Kenneth Hagen. He walks like Kenneth Hagen. He talks like Kenneth Hagen. And he preaches like Kenneth Hagen. And so he's a wonderful, wonderful man of faith. I, I, uh, I'll share more of this with you tomorrow. But there's a photograph behind, there's a photograph behind the wall there. On that picture, there's a photograph, and that photograph is of Kenneth Hagen, and he's got th three fingers held up there. So Scott, Scott Webb gave some of these photographs. This is for you, my darling. He gave me an extra one for you. So you and I both have one. So this is a picture that he has, 
And uh, I'm not going to share it with you today, but there's a message behind this three. And uh, he, this, it's about faith. And this was such a profound message that touched Scott's Webb's life that he took this photograph when Kenneth Hagin was at his church. And he, he keeps it on him all the time. And he, he goes where certain places where the Lord leads him, he will take this photograph and he will give it to people that he, uh, he feels it will make an impact on their lives or will appreciate it. And uh, so we, have, we are blessed to have this. And uh, it's, it shows that Brother Webb is very much a person who is connected to Brother Hagen. Amen. And then the last, the last picture is Brothers in arms. I'm very glad I've got a brown jacket on. <laughs> Otherwise, it might look like we have a uniform. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I'm pretty much done. I've got one or two more things to share with you. Five more minutes. I know after lunch, it's always challenging. And uh, Dr. Kerry's got to go, so I, I want to keep it, keep it uh, with an easy flow for them and for all of you so that you can get back tomorrow. I just, I just want to share this testimony with you, this favor that God gave me when I was at, in Nebraska at the, at the Victory Campaign. Brother Copeland announced the fact that they had bought the rights, Kenneth Copeland Ministries have bought the rights to the Amplified Classic Edition. So they have the sole rights to sell any printed version of the Amplified Classic. So they have printed a soft cover copy of the Bible. But while he was in the pulpit, on, and he announced the very first copy which he had in his hands, the very first leather-bound copy that he had in his hands, he announced to the people that they are available. Well, there were some logistical issues, and they were not available for sale. But because I'm favored, by the time I got back to Fort Worth, Kenneth Copeland Ministries made sure that both Brother Jerry and I, and only the two of us got each one of these leather-bound amplified classic Bibles. Now, I'm not very much a hard copy Bible man. But I decided, given the fact that I'm actually so blessed and favored, I will use this before Sharon claims it. <laughs> I already heard her saying, I'll, I'll use it, I'll use it. No, no, no. no. Isn't that favor? It was actually brought to me and Brother Jerry at our church, at the Heritage of Faith Church in Crowley. Isn't that a blessing? I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. So, Brother Jerry's word for 2024 is progressing, advancing, promotion, and seeing your highest expectations fulfilled. I will minister about this as the weeks go by, but I thought I would use this opportunity today to just say to you, some of you may have watched already online, but 
Uh, I'm glad if you are hearing it from me. Progressing, advancing, promotion, and seeing your highest expectations fulfilled. And so he's three things that he's ministering on to make this come to pass in 2024 is stay in faith. Number one, stay in faith. Number two, remain focused on the promises of God. And number three, don't let anything distract you. Does that sound familiar? Don't let anything distract you. So if you remember, I asked the Lord maybe two months ago, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what's, what's next in 2024? Because this year was the year of maximum. And I asked the Lord, what's next in 2024? And so the Lord said to me, more in 24. And Brother Jerry actually said these words out of his mouth at least twice that I was with him. He said, I should have added this into my word, into my word more and more in 24. Well, because I know that what's more than maximum? Only more maximum. So the way the Lord gave it to Brother Jerry is progressing, advancing, and having promotions. Progressing, advancing, and having promotions, and seeing your highest expectations fulfilled in 2024. So just the person that I am, and I've had some of these conversations with Pastor Sharon since I've been back from America, my, my obvious question is, if I'm going to progress and advance and have promotions and see my highest expectations fulfilled, how do I know what highest expectations to press for? Because I have an expectation that might be a very natural expectation. And it doesn't matter if I press for that because it's not really going to see much value in my life. But I have an expectation that God has given me. And I want more of the expectations that He puts in my heart. So I don't want to talk too much about it this afternoon. But there are things that God will bring to you. And He will illumine them to you. He will reveal them to your spirit man. And your spirit man will allow your natural man to understand what it is that your highest expectation should be. And that is what I want God to fulfill in my life. Because if you say to me, John, what's your highest expectations? Well, I could say to you my highest expectation would be that I drive that Rolls Royce. But that's just being silly. Some people say it might not be silly. You can go for whatever. For where I'm at in my life and what I'm believing God for and, and all the things that I, I have capacity for in my heart, I'm not going to believe God for a SUV Rolls Royce that's going to cost me maybe in South African terms. I don't know, but maybe it's 4 million rand, maybe it's 6 million rand. I can say that's my dream, that's my expectation, but that's not really what's in my heart. Yes? Are you all with me? So the expectations that I have 
and that that we all have, we need to we need to be before the Lord about that, so that when you write them down, and you should write down what your expectations are, because if you don't write them down, they can shift based on circumstances through the year. They can shift, so you need to be able to write your expectations down. So progressing and advancing. Don't you want to make progress? Don't you want to advance? Don't you want to see promotions in your life and have promotions and be promoted in things? I certainly want to have that and I want to have highest expectations fulfilled. So we need to stay, stay in faith always. Remain focused on the promises of God and don't let anything distract us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So tomorrow, I know that God is going to uh, do some wonderful things in the service because I'm, I'm bursting in my spirit, man. I'm bursting with things that God has put into my heart. And I was quite pleased about this opportunity this afternoon because I, I always like to feed back to you the things that have happened to me and happened around me. And obviously every time I go somewhere, you go with me because you send me and your prayers and your love goes with me. And I heard on many of the prayer meetings and one prayer meeting in particular, my wife declared how much she was missing me, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's a real thing when you go away and you're away from your, your life partner um, and from the people that you love. And it's a wonderful thing. But I've always, I'm confident in your prayers. I'm confident in, in our unity as, a, as an ecclesia, as a body of Christ. And uh, I trust that, what I've had to say just gives you a little taste. I've just tried to keep it as simple and as fun as possible today. Um, but the spiritual stuff will, will come out over the weeks ahead because God has uh, imparted many things to me while I've been traveling. And many, many things of favor God has done for me. And many blessings God has bestowed on me. And if he's bestowed them on me, then he's bestowing them on you. Because I'm just a forebearer of the things that God has planned for us. And I thank God that he has divinely connected us with the people that he has. Hallelujah. And so I would like to just send you off with a blessing. And, and declare that you are blessed coming in and going out. I declare that the peace of God goes with you and no weapon formed against you will prosper, that he gives his angels charge over you and his word and the blood of Jesus surrounds you and protects you wherever you're going. And I declare that even between now and tomorrow morning, the Holy Spirit will illuminate things to you, settle things for you in your heart and in your mind and there are things that you will know by the Holy Spirit that you need to know. And when you come back tomorrow morning, you will be ready to receive a mighty infilling of the Holy Spirit. A mighty reveal of His Word and His presence to you. Today and tomorrow. 
in Jesus' name. Do you receive it? Do you agree with the prayer? Amen. Won't you all join me in saying thank you to Dr. Harry and Estelle for, for blessing us today. Thank you. Thank you. So if any of you ever see this Bible line anywhere, it's got a message inside it, and it says, Return to Pastor John, <laughs> not to Pastor Sharon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you all good? Yes. Did you get something out of the day today? Has it been productive and fruitful for you? Hallelujah. Are you ready to go and have a wonderful afternoon and be ready for church tomorrow? You better be. Otherwise, my angels will come and beat up on you. Thank you for coming today. Bless you all. Bye.